Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, some of us, when we look at this napkin over our, how may I serve you? I'm going like, well, wait a minute. If I do that, it's all about the other person and I'm not really going to be fulfilled. Who's going to take care of me? But Jesus says, no, joy and fulfillment comes from serving others with your gifts. It's not about you. And when we start to learn that is when that joy and fulfillment comes in our lives. The philosophy underpinning Christianity is the inverse of the philosophy of the world system. The world says that if you want to advance, you have to walk on people. Christianity says to advance, we need to serve people. Jesus, who created the universe, came as a human baby and grew up serving others rather than coming to rule this world. Pastor Mark is teaching the importance for the Christ follower to actually follow Christ's example. We must allow the Holy Spirit to change our hearts so that we are following Jesus' thinking, not the thinking we grew up with prior to our salvation. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 1 of his message, Christ, Our Example. All right, if you're going to study with us this morning, you need a Bible. And if you have come into this place without one, just raise your hands. The ushers will give you one and turn to Philippians. It's the study we're doing on outrageous, contagious joy, joy. Philippians chapter 2. Now, let's see if we remember. When we say the word joy, how do we say the word joy? Let's see. Okay, that's 12 of you. Let's see. Uh, How do we uh, smile, show your teeth, and like you're excited. Here we go. One, two, three. Joy! That's exactly right. So good, good. It is a good series. It's filled with words from God. When you go to a restaurant, if it's a formal restaurant, there was always an issue about what to do with your napkin. Here's a new napkin that's been invented. This is amazing. It's a true napkin. You just get in, put your tie right on. Boom, there it is. Well, let's just think this morning. You go into a restaurant and you go to sit at the table and a waiter or waitress comes in and brings you one of these cloth napkins. Now, ladies, you're going to put it over your lap and maybe the guy will, but sometimes we're going to we're going to do this, especially if I have a yellow shirt on and it's spaghetti I'm eating. How about you? Now, if you go to a restaurant and they give you a cloth napkin, 
What are you thinking? You're hoping another couple invited you to the restaurant. Because this is not like a McDonald's paper napkin. This is going to cost you, isn't it? And the other thing you're hoping is when they bring you the menu, at least the prices are there. Because sometimes if there's no prices there for the ladies, you're trying to think, yeah, honey, I'm a little sick. We better go right now. <laughs> well, when you put this napkin on you, and the waiter or the waitress comes back, what is this napkin saying to them? You're saying to them, serve me. I'm ready to be served. Serve me. You serve me. That's really very often how we live our lives. Wherever we go, we say to people, serve me. It's all about me. I'm not going to serve you. You serve me. Do you know that that happens in our churches? Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand because you wouldn't do it anyway. But some of you come this morning and what you're saying is, serve me. What do you got for me, Balmer? What do you got for me out there? Yeah, the worship is good. You got anything for me? You going to go an hour like you usually go? What do you have for me? But see, when Jesus came to this world... He taught us something very, very, very different. We're going to see what that looks like this morning. I can be very selfish. Can you? Well, we learned that when we were born, we were born with a selfish nature. It's me, it's myself, and it's I. Serve me. In marriages, serve me. One spouse says to another. And... We're going to learn from the Apostle Paul. It was very different than that. The world system says, if you're going to go to the top, you better start crawling on people to get to the top. Doesn't matter. Let them serve you, because that's where joy is. So the world says, the, the way to success is up. But the Bible says the way to success is to step down. So different. How can we get used to that? How can I remove this serving attitude from me? Well, Paul writes us in Philippians where you've turned and he tells us how to do it. Let's look at verse 3, chapter 2. And let's look at this different lifestyle. Paul says this. Now, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility... Consider others better than yourselves. Now, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude or your mind should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So Paul says to really enjoy life, You have to have the mind of Christ. You have to think the way Christ thought. Well, how did Christ think? What kind of a mindset is that? What kind of an attitude is that? Well, it's a very different attitude. And you're going to see today how that is. 
You see, the world says, serve me. And when Jesus came, he said, no, 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 that's not the mindset you want to have. There's a very different mindset. When Jesus came, he said this, I'm here, how may I serve you? So which mindset is yours this morning? Serve me? Or how may I serve you? It's all about our minds and how we think. Now, first thing I want you to write today is this. A humble serving lifestyle brings joy and fulfillment. See, some of us, when we look at this napkin over our arm, how may I serve you? I'm going like, well, wait a minute. If I do that, it's all about the other person, and I'm not really going to be fulfilled. Who's going to take care of me? But Jesus says, no, joy and fulfillment comes from serving others with your gifts. It's not about you. And when we start to learn that is when that joy and fulfillment comes in our lives. Now... I got this email from somebody in our body. Pastor Mark, I just wanted to share how even the smallest requests to God are honored and how being a part of CCM pays dividends. Last week, I experienced a heart problem, was taken to the hospital, and I knew they'd be there for a few days. So I knew the ministry team would stop by my room on one of those days. I remember asking God to send a certain couple uh, that my wife and I had gotten to know when we had served in the hospital ministry years before, before we moved on to serve in other areas. Well, the very next day, the ministry team arrived at my room, and guess who it was? It was this very couple. Thank you, Lord. I told them I had prayed for them to be the ones to visit me, and they quickly informed me that they were not scheduled to be there that day, but they were a simply a last-minute replacement. Isn't God amazing? Then he goes on. The next day while I was there, the hospital team showed up, this time two lovely ladies. They prayed for me and we talked and I told them my wife and I had served on the team in the past. And one of the ladies asked if it was about four years ago and we said, "Mm, yeah, it is. It was about then. And she says, I remember you must have been the one who prayed for my husband when he was in the hospital. And she mentioned his name. And I remembered going there one evening and came to visit him. And God allowed us to pray with him and with her. And here she is. And think about this. Here she is all these years later. Somebody I prayed for and her husband. Now she's turned around and is serving God in the hospital ministry. You see, that's what we talked about. When people serve us, we turn around and and give back to God. What a blessing to have her pray over me and witness her serving. God bless me. Both days I was in the hospital with those visitors from the hospital minister team. Our getting involved with that ministry years ago continues to bring blessings to us. Pastor Mark, I truly understand why you constantly urge us all to get involved. I actually feel sorry for those who don't. They have no clue of the blessings they are missing by not serving. If the shoe fits, put it on this morning. If the shoe fits, if you're not serving, put it on this morning. Now look at Philippians 2, 5. Your attitude 
should be the same as that of Christ. So all of a sudden, my lifestyle somehow needs to be connected to Christ, to Jesus. Next thing you want to write, here's what Paul's saying. Jesus, not Paul, not Peter, not you, not me. Jesus is our example of a serving lifestyle. He's our example. Now notice the word attitude has to do with our minds, the way we think. Proverbs 4.23 in the CEV says, Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. In other words, how we think is very important. And we know really how we think translates into how we live. Proverbs 23.7 says, As a person thinks in his heart, so they are. So Paul says, you're to have a serving lifestyle And it's going to come with your mind thinking like Jesus and your attitude being like Jesus. Next thing you want to write is this. Thinking like Christ will eventually mean being like Christ. You see, whatever we think, we become. If you and I want a joyful, fulfilling lifestyle, it's related to how we think And what type of attitude we have. We are to be continually thinking the way Jesus was thinking. And then act like he was. And joy will come into my life. Now let's stop for a moment. How do I know what Jesus was thinking? How can I have the mind of Christ? The Bible says I can have the very mind of Christ. How in the world am I going to do that? What was Jesus thinking? We'll ask that question a few times this morning. Well, how do I know what Jesus was thinking? You just open the pages of the Bible. This is God's mind. This is how he thought. Remember one time he says, the world says step on people to get to the top. He says, but I say to you, no, you serve people and that will get you to the top. Well, that's how he was thinking. So if I mimic that thinking, if I mimic that attitude, it's all about my attitude. It's all about the way I think. So what transforms my mind? The word of God. The Word of God, Romans chapter 12, the Word of God transforms my thinking. So that's why we study the Word of God. If I go to the Scripture today and I try to find out what's the difference between this lifestyle of saying to people, serve me, and this, how do I get there? What do I think about? Well, I see what the Scripture says. And that's the mind that I begin to have. And God can refresh, renew our minds as we understand the principles of Scripture. Now, how did Jesus think? Well, in these next six verses, five actually, we are going to be introduced to two things. Who Jesus is and how or what he did for mankind. Who he is and what he did for us. And all of that's related to the mindset that he had. Now, to be very honest, these next five to six verses, I could spend three to four months, and it would not be old, on these five verses. Seriously. Every week for three or four months. Easily. Because most commentators, biblical scholars, believe these five verses, if if you could do this, 
are probably at least in the top one or two or three, but maybe the top passage in the whole Bible. Now, all the Bible is inspired, but these five verses are absolutely crucial to us understanding who Jesus is, and not only that, what he did for you and I. But I'm not going to spend that. So we're not going to get a microscope and look at it like this. We're actually going to look far back, and I'm going to give you principles. Because you need to understand, as we go through this, what that entails and what that looks like. Now, here's why you need to do that. And if you're a parent, here's really why you need to do that. Our world doesn't understand who Jesus is. Do your children understand who Jesus is? Well, they will not understand who Jesus is unless you understand who Jesus is. So we're going to give you some key things today. And let me just say a few verses to you, then you can see why it's important. 1 John 5 says this, He who has the Son, Jesus, has life. Personal relationship. He who does not have the Son doesn't have life. John 14, 6 says this. I'm the way, Jesus speaking, I am the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And nobody comes to God but through me. So, like, is it important I understand who Jesus is? It's crucial I understand who Jesus is. But the world doesn't understand. Let me give you some ideas this morning. And again, it's not talking against people. It's just talking truth. Because... Do you realize how many people sitting in our churches that call themselves Christians today do not believe what you're going to hear today? They do not believe the things I'm going to tell you that the Bible teaches about Jesus. And if they don't believe it, they cannot get to God. It's that crucial. What is the second largest religion in the world today? Christianity is number one. What's the second? Islam. Second. What do the Muslims believe about Jesus? Let me tell you, very simply, the Muslim's faith teaches that Jesus was a great prophet, second only to Muhammad. They teach that Jesus is not the Son of God, he's not divine, he's not God, and he was not crucified. That's what the Muslims teach. He who has the Son has life. Well, Two other groups of people in our world, one of them very fast-growing, Mormonism. Two young men will come to your house riding their bicycles because usually at the age of 18, they're required for two years to go around the world. They're every part of the world. Soon when I would go into Singapore, where I teach at the Calvary Chapel that we got started in Singapore. Oh, they're all over Singapore. They're in China. They're every part of the world. What do the Mormons teach about Jesus? Well, first, Mormonism teaches that God the Father has a body. He's flesh and bones. God is flesh and bones. They teach that God was once simply a man, and he worked himself up to God. And when he became God, he had a God-wife. And between God-man and the God-wife, they came together and created Jesus as one of their spirit children. And of course, the Mormons do not believe that Jesus is God. Now, where do you get that in the Bible? Well, there's another group that will come to your door, and they'll knock on the door, and they'll have a little pamphlet 
says Watchtower. What do the Jehovah Witnesses believe in their theology? Well, God is a single person. He is not part of the Trinity. Their God does not know all things, and he's not everywhere at the same time. God created Michael the archangel, an angel, Michael, and then that Michael created all other things. And when it came time for a Savior to be born, Michael the archangel became human and came down to earth in the form of Jesus. So they don't believe Jesus is God. They believe he was, like the Mormons, a created being like the Muslims. So all three of these do not believe that Jesus is God. Is that important? Well, the world said, no, that's fine. As long as they believe in God, it doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter. It's huge. So you need to understand that your children need to know that. None of these world religions believe that Jesus is God, which the Bible clearly teaches us over and over and over again. So we're going to go very quickly. Put your little caps on. This is not like boring. This is crucial because it's going to be diluted more and more as we walk through our world. Now look at verse 6. Jesus, who being in the very nature God, Now, what does that mean? Paul begins by stressing the eternal pre-existence of Jesus as God. Before Jesus came to the earth, he was in the very nature God. He existed as God in heaven. So we're reminded right from the start in this passage, we'll turn to more in a moment, That Jesus did not begin his existence in the manger at Bethlehem, but he has always been God. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, do we understand the Trinity? No, we do not. You don't understand the Trinity. But the Bible teaches it. So, turn with me, and we'll be back to Philippians in a moment. Turn with me to John chapter 1 in your Bible. John chapter 1. This is a great passage that's going to show us how the Word really tells us that Jesus is God, always has been God, always will be God, since the beginning of time, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He is the creator of everything. Now look at John 1, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. You have lots of other translations. The principle is the same. In the beginning, the Word, which is Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And Jesus, the Word, was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Now, can you get your mind around that? Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of the stark differences between biblical thinking expressed through the scriptures and worldly thinking. At the core of these differences is the philosophy of selfishness versus selflessness. We learned that if we're going to call ourselves Christ followers, that we actually have to begin to follow Christ in our daily living. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching about our need to see Christ as our example. We will learn more about who Jesus is, His divine nature, and His place in the Trinity. We'll also be taught about why He had to come to earth and why He had to live like He did, hiding His divine nature from most people. We will learn what His way of thinking has to do with how we think in modern society. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through his series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.